I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Leland Sparrow. I want to tell you a quick story. This was probably early 2016 or so, and I got on a scale, and I looked down, and I saw a number higher than I had ever seen before, and I got self-conscious. I looked in the mirror. I thought, oh, yeah, no, that's where it is. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, I, gotta, I need to get in shape. I need to uh, be a little more dedicated to physical fitness. And my family, they have been runners forever. My dad has run marathons for as long as I can remember. And over the years, my sisters uh, and mom have all joined in. And they have had their nice running club. And they've formed wonderful family memories, signing up for races together. And I would occasionally tag along. But my job was not to, to be a runner engaged in the sport uh, and in the competition in which they were all engaged, forming memories together, getting strong. No, my job was to hold the coats and the purses at the finish line. And if anyone needed uh, like an orange wedge or something, I would hand that out, make sure everyone had their electrolytes up. And uh, that was that. I wasn't in the middle of it with them. But when I got on the scale that day and I saw that number that kind of spooked me and I looked in the mirror and I thought, oh, you know what? That's a little rounder than, well, okay. I decided to start running myself. But I didn't tell any of them. I didn't tell my sister. I didn't tell my dad. I didn't tell my mom. I just kept an ear out for the chatter. And when they made a plan to gather together in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, on Fort Bragg, to run the All-American Marathon, they all decided they were going to get together down there and run it. And that was about three months down the road. And so what I did was I signed up for the marathon. Now, I had never run before really in my life. I, I wasn't good at it. I really didn't enjoy it much. But I thought, you know what? To, to get healthy, this is a good thing. To make memories with my family, this is a good thing. To get strong, this is a good thing. To exercise some discipline. And so I got off the couch and I signed up. And for the next three months, I trained. And when the day came, the day before actually, when you go to pick up the packets, the bibs, the swag that you get when you run a race like this, uh, I accompanied my family to pick up their packets. And to their great surprise, I walked up to the desk and I said, my name is Lee Lonsberry. I'm here to run the marathon. And they said, thank you, Mr. Lonsberry. We've been expecting you here. Is your t-shirt and your bib? Good luck to you. And their jaws dropped. And you know what? The next day, I beat them all in the marathon, and since then, I've been running a good deal. It is something I enjoy a great deal. Uh, in the midst of this coronavirus, it has been my escape from uh, you know, being kind of caged up here in the guest bedroom from whence I broadcast each day. 
the one thing, though, that has been canceled are the organized foot races around town, the 5Ks and the marathons and such like that. I was very much looking forward to be running a lot more than I am now in races. But because of the coronavirus, many of them have been canceled, and so there have been uh, some companies popping up, coming up with ways around that where you can compete in races but not expose yourself to the coronavirus. Joining me now uh, is sports writer and columnist for the Deseret News, Amy Donaldson, to talk about one such way that uh, these folks are getting around uh, large gatherings and engaging in virtual races. Amy, how you doing? I'm great. I love hearing your origin story. You're running. I love running origin stories. You like that? I, I, you know, so many folks thought I've been doing it for for a long, long time, but no, it was just a few years ago, and I really did it just to not be the outsider in my family anymore. <laughs> well, see, that gives me hope for some of my kids, and I have one daughter and some relatives who who are reluctant to join us. We did do our whole family did the Ragnar in Hawaii. Oh, and, cool. Because uh, I guilt tripped everyone. I'm pretty good at guilt tripping because we needed 12 runners, right? And so. I, I twisted some arms, but um, but yeah, actually one of the fun, most fun vacations we've ever had, and uh, there are a couple of them that continued running after doing that. So, you know, I do think the sad part about all these races being canceled is that 5Ks, especially especially these community 5Ks that raise money for good mm-hmm. causes and, um, you know, sort of raise awareness about different issues, they're, they're the entrance into a transformative running experience they're the way in because as most people know i keep waiting for the day when i wake up and i'm like not trying to find excuses for why i need to sleep in another half an hour or (laughs) you know do something different but but yeah that's kind of the thing that's kind of bummed me out i had some races canceled but um you know i i i worry more about like the events industry um you know, like we can do things, we can order takeout from restaurants, we can buy gift cards, but how do we support races that we love and exactly right. that we enjoyed, you know? Yeah. You've been keeping an eye on, on this kind of movement of sorts of virtual races. Explain those to me. Mm-hmm. So virtual races are, you know, people love them or hate them. Um, and they're, you run the race. I've done a few of them, especially there's a lot of, as you know, because you're involved with veterans issues as well. There's a lot of virtual um, events. The run has won this year with virtual and has always had a virtual option. Pat Tillman's run always has had a virtual option. So it's an Arizona race, but I can run it here with Team Red, White, and Blue and still have that experience of being part of the race, right? Um, And so virtual events are just you sign up. You you usually have a time frame, but there's no way for them to guarantee you did it. There's no timing mechanism that's official. Um, they're not USDA certified, so you're not qualifying for Boston or anything else. Um, so there's, a, and, and also, a lot of people don't like virtual events because um, there's not that same, um, you know, I showed up at the starting line mm-hmm. and all these other people showed up at the starting line and we traded ideas and, and issues and we helped each other through the tough stuff. And, you know, everybody doesn't love riding a bus to the start line of a marathon at three or four in the morning, but mm-hmm. we're standing in line for a porta potty. But like, those are kind of the parts of it that make you feel tougher and like, Hey, yeah, you know, I mean, those are the things you overcome and 
that's your bragging rights, I guess. And, 100%. Uh, Those are the best memories that yeah. I have. Exactly what you described. The bus yeah. ride up in the cold of morning, uh, you know, with people you like, with people uh, you don't know, your competitors. Uh, you look around, you're thinking about your age category, you're scouting out the competition. It is absolutely something that cannot be replicated in these virtual races. But, as yeah. you stated, the, the need still remains as many of these races are used to, you know, like help causes and such like that. So, uh, I, I, I'm going to sign up for a few. I do it hesitatingly because I know I'm not going to have those cool moments with others on the course at the start line, at the finish line, and such like that. But uh, if, if you are, if you do take a good look at these virtual races, many of them still are connected to charities. So be, uh, take a look at those. Uh, be, you know, discerning and give it a shot maybe. And as you mentioned, 5Ks, that's the entry. Uh, I'd, I'd invite yeah. folks listening to, to give that a shot. Amy, I, I hate to cut you short, but uh, our time has expired. I need to go to a commercial break. Uh, but let's you and I look for maybe a virtual race we can run together or uh, have this conversation uh, at greater length down the road. Thank you so much. Okay. Talk to you later. All righty. We're going to take a quick break right here. And when we come back, we're going to continue a conversation that started yesterday regarding civilian review boards overseeing police departments here in Utah and elsewhere. We're going to speak with the chairperson of one such board next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.